1: And welcome to the North Oakland Speaker Meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Molly. I'm an alcoholic and tonight's secretary. Please oh, uh, please turn off your cell phones. Uh, please help me in opening the meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and no the wisdom no uh, different. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership, we are self supporting through our own contributions. A is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. Um, this is a speaker meeting. I will speak for ten minutes and then turn the meeting over to our main speaker, Bucky, who will share his experience, strength, and hope. Um, <clears throat> I'm Molly. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Molly. So this is really last minute, literally outside the door, and I'll be asking to speak because I guess someone didn't, they didn't, someone didn't show up um so here i am i've never been to this meeting before i've been to east maybe meeting, based meetings like twice in my whole life but um here we are so um my sobriety day is november 1st 2004 um i never had a relapse which is just my story and kind of amazing and um and it's just i don't know why and to people that have relapsed um your story is just as precious and amazing as mine, because um, we drink, like that's what we do, right, is we just, we drink and do drugs and don't know how to stop, um, so welcome to the newcomers, I'm glad you guys are here, um, I remember walking into my first meeting and I really didn't ever think I would be the kind of person to go to an AA meeting because I was like, only saw it in movies and thought I was a really good person because I tried really hard to be a really good person and, um, And the one thing I failed at doing, to be a good person, was to stop doing copious amounts of cocaine and drinking like (laughs) three pints of Jameson every night, and it's hard to be a good person when you do that. Um, So I started drinking at a really young age, and I had a really awful childhood, and I had a lot of reasons to drink, and what I've learned here is that there really is no good reason to drink. We just do it because we have um, a mental obsession and a physical allergy. So, like, once we put it in our, at like, once I put it in my body, like, there's no way to stop it. Um, like, I just want more and more. And, and you do things that are really demoralizing and fucked up that we, at least I did. And then you justify them, like, well, this is a good idea because... And uh, truth is, it's just not a good idea. Like, definitely a really bad idea. Um, so, yeah, I came to AA after uh, using for nine years and, um, and I was, I had just turned 21, so obviously I started at a young age and got cracking, um, and I, I just, I asked for help, and, and I was, I took it, and I don't know why or how I took it, I just did, and I've been here ever since, and I got a sponsor, and, um, you know, like, my first year was awful, um, it was, it was really just, I had no idea what it was, I didn't know what to do, and, um, I just, I had a sponsor and she guided me. You know, she was like, go ahead, dye your hair at $50. It's totally cool. You're in early sobriety. And, like, eat a whole piece of, like, eat a whole box of pieces. Okay, you're in early sobriety. And, like, truthfully, that's, like, kind of how we have to get through the first year, I think, at least in my experience. Um, and then, like, my sobriety now is really about, like, loving myself because my addiction really manifests in self-loathing. Like, I believe that it says in the book that our disease is selfish and self-centered, and it's either, like, super grandiose, like, I'm the king of the world, or, like, I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world, and both of them are equally as self-centered and destructive, and I go to the doormat side of things. So I've learned how to, like, use my voice and say yes when I mean yes and say no when I mean no, and a lot of that comes from working with a strong sponsor that I really love and practicing, like, Um, In the rooms, I've gotten into a lot of um, debacles, as it were, and (laughs) I've had to learn through practice, like, how I want to be and what the best action is to take, and um, it's really uncomfortable, and then it gets a lot easier, and it feels really good, you know what I mean, to, like, finally get to a place where you can handle things in a way that, like, I can respect, and other people can respect the way I handle things, and um, I don't know, I'm just really, really grateful to be sober. And uh right now I'm working with traditions with my sponsor, which is so boring. I fucking hate it, but um I'm really glad I'm learning about them because it's the backbone of this um fellowship and um these space pretty cool, so I'm gonna be quiet now and then I'm like to turn the meeting over to Bucky hey. yeah.
0: Hi, I'm Bucky, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Jeez, uh, it's good to be here. I had not been to this meeting before. I haven't seen you, haven't seen you in a while. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 my story is a little bit non-linear, uh, so I usually start with like what happened and then say what it was like later. Um, yeah, I, God, I, this, this one time, uh, I was in my early 20s and I was... Uh, I was, I was getting wasted with this goth friend of mine and, uh, and I was just, and as, as per usual, I was complaining and, uh, I had all these goth friends because I, I wrote like this really depressing poetry all the time. And I really liked that. And, uh, well, I was complaining about something and she said, uh, you get what everyone gets. You get a life. And, cause I was complaining about like, you know, how, like, I had gotten my fair share of anything. And I was, I thought that was kind of heavy and turns out she took it out of a Sandman comic. Uh, but for years I thought she's really smart and deep and everything. But I mean, it really, you know, you find out later someone's like, dude, that's, you know, that's a quote from this or whatever. God, crap. But, uh, you know, it it really, like, that has a lot to do with it because a lot of, I think a lot of my, uh, a lot of my, my, my big problems, my personality defects, defects of character, like, everything kind of revolves around this thing of me feeling like I'm cheated. Like I didn't get enough. Like it's not fair. That kind of stuff, um, and and that's like it kind of leads to a sense of entitlement. Like I, you know, I was supposed to have a good life. What happened? You know, and I was supposed to have more stuff than this. What I, like, you know, and it kind of permeates to everything. Like, you know, I should, you know, I should. I was supposed to be successful. I was supposed to be this and that, and now I'm not. And so it always gives me an excuse to get to get drunk, and it's always what I complain about. Like I didn't get my fair shake over this or that. Uh, you know, I quit, I quit drinking and, and I, I kept complaining. Uh, but I mean, that's one of the things, like why, like people ask me, like why, like, some of my friends, are, like, just know me in the last seven years, they, they, why, why do you go to meetings all the time? I'm like, well, cause I, I have some problems that they help me with and, uh, this is, <laughs> you know, they don't get it, they think, oh, he stopped drinking, now he's fine. No, no, no really. And it's one of these things, like why why you should work the steps, why you get a sponsor, to work the steps. These things will be pointed out to you. And uh, I guess still, like, and I get momentary like anger or unhappiness. It always leads back to this thing of like that guy has what I want, so fuck that guy. And uh, you know, and, and, and it really like it, it's really it goes. So now I kind of get back to like what happened at a certain point. I was. Uh, I was in my early thirties. I was like 31 or 32 or something. And, and like I, uh, I was living in this punk house in Oakland and, and, uh, you know, it was like all the kids on the bottom floor were into like, uh, they were into like prescription pills and like whatever and like the smoking pot and the middle, middle flat was mine. That was like whiskey flat. And then, uh, and then the top floor was like, you know, speed and coke. And it was just kind of like you kind of go on like whatever. Floor, you, you felt like you're most accustomed. So I was in the drinking flat, and uh, and I, at one point, I, you know, I I was like I was like lying on the floor, and, and I was like looking up at this bottle of whiskey that had just a little, little tiny bit left in. It. And I was like, that's not gonna be. And now I got to get to the store. Stories about oh shit, stories about to close. About ten minutes, and and it's like finally I could stand up. I could go to the store. I get some more, but I was kind of at that point where I was like, I can't, I can't get up and I can't get to the store and I can't, you know, and I'm going to run out. And it was just, God, it was like a friend had died, you know, just like that, 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 that kind of amount of like, just sadness had overwhelmed me at that point of like, what the fuck, I'm going to be out. Like I was never out. I was always had that thing planned out, you know, and just like, you know, I was going to run out and I was like, this is fucked. I'm so wasted. I can't stand up, but it's not enough. You know, it's not enough. And it's still, like, it's just, I was like, that's the kind of the time it, was like, it stopped working, you know, and, and uh I, you know, I, I had a good, about 15 years of it working real well before that, and then it just stopped working. It was like, this doesn't make me feel any better. It doesn't make me stop caring about all the, all the bad shit in my past. It doesn't, like, make everything right in the we world like you used to. What what the fuck? Now this is like failing me too, you know. And uh, I, I was I was angry at, at uh you know at, at alcohol for like failing me, you know. Um and I, I was trying I said, well, you know uh I had this plan where uh I was gonna uh, this is I, I'm trying to be brief with this story. Uh, it, I, I was gonna I, I was gonna write a screenplay and sell it and use the money to go to rehab. And like a really nice little... <laughs> I, I wanted, I had it picked out, I was gonna to go to Promises, it's where I wanted to go. It's like 40 grand, it's expensive. I was like, man, if I sell this screenplay, I can get like two months there, this is gonna work out. And uh, it's like, it, it was, it's not quite as far-fetched, I didn't have an, I had an agent at the time and I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And, but you know what, yeah, for the sake of our time, like, it didn't work out. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I was faced with, like, okay, what do I do now? And it was, it was really horrible. And, and I thought, well, uh, my, my roommate, uh, upstairs, one of my roommates said, like, look, if you want to quit drinking, you had to get out of here. And she was a bartender, so I trusted her. And, like, it was, it was funny, like, I only trusted bartenders. Everyone else was against me, and they didn't understand. And, you know, like, us and them, you know. And, uh, like me and the bartenders against the world. And, uh, you know, so she said, look, you got to leave this house. No one gets sober here. So I moved into, I moved into this little place in, uh, in in San Francisco, this little, this really tiny shoebox of a room for 400 bucks. Uh, this is kind of like, like, yeah, you know, a $400 room in San Francisco looks like it's very small. Uh, and I was just like, okay, this, this is going to work. And about two weeks later, my my old roommate at the other house died, uh, and it was basically uh, because uh, everyone else in the house is she got sick, and everyone in the house is too high to go check on her, you know. And I was like, "Well, what the fuck? Like, what what is you know what what is this? You know, this is this is really and I, and I you know, I went out and I got loaded that night, uh, and uh, you know after her services and everything, I thought, "Well, what what is this gonna you know like? She's the one I I like told her." I get sober and I can't make it through this, like what what's, you know, what is this, like how many, like, you know, how many excuses will I find just to get completely obliterated like this, you know, what, what is it's not going to stop, I just got to find some other thing to stop and uh, I, uh, lo and behold, I asked another bartender uh, <laughs> and I go around, I went and asked all these, I actually asked a bunch of them, I went around my little circuit and said, I'm thinking about quitting and every one of them said, good idea. Uh, not not a one of them ever said we'll miss you. Uh, well, like what? Are, what do you? Doing? What are you crazy? Uh, you can't do that. Uh, everyone's like, please. We feel like Andy or the Kilowatt said. I feel a little guilty sometimes. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <again. laughs>
0: like, Fuck, man. All right. So the uh, when the the, uh, the bartender actually took me to my first meeting. Uh, it turned out she she had over ten years sober. And uh, I was, like, but what about all those times we got wasted together? And she's like, that was just you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
2: yeah, I,
0: it was really this thing. Like, she, you know, I was debating about whether or not I should really go. And and she said, like, like she, she's a bartender who used to like, she used to give me rides home from her bar because uh, she didn't trust me to get into a cab. And uh, she's like, look, you owe me. This is like. You, I give you all those rights home. Now you gotta just write me to this one meeting. I'm like, okay. And I went and I liked it. I uh, hey, <laughs> go figure. I figured I'd just go and I was like, I'll give this AA thing a chance and, and then I'll, I'll tell her it's not for me and then I'll, you know, do something else. And then I went and I actually liked it. And the thing I really liked was that word unmanageable, uh, right in the first step. And I didn't even really think I was powerless over alcohol yet. Uh, I wasn't ready to accept anything else that was and any of the literature, any of the stuff, like serenity prayer, none of that, I don't want anything to do with it, but this word unmanageable was really a great description of me, you know, and uh, I, I held on to that for a long time, and I kind of went, you know, and, and later I, be, I came to accept, I was probably somewhere alcohol, but it was like, okay, step one's fine, but the rest of them are screwed, not doing them. And, uh, that kind of thing. It just, it took me like a long time. Like I had to go through each step sometimes halfway in a time going, okay, uh, you know, I, I believe that, you know, you know, I, the, this part of the step, but not this part, you know, whatever it was. Um, and, and it took me a long time, but I've been sober seven years and I hadn't had a relapse. Uh, so i think i'm like a d minus student of the whole 12-step process because i barely passed i barely i get i did just god damn it, just I, I you know i could not just buy into things quickly i it took me a long but i did them you know that's <laughs> the thing it's like some of us work the steps really slow but but work them work them intensely and mean it <laughs> we didn't even do it you know and it's just like i knew by the time i gotten double somebody i was like okay Dumb with two, but there's no way I'm turning my will and my life over to higher power. That's, that's good. And it was just, and the next thing would seem kind of like this huge thing, like every one of them up until, like, you know, up until, like, 11 and then 12. was like, yeah, okay. But, everything else, it was just so arduous, man. Everything was, was difficult. Um, but the more I did, the better I felt about things. You know, and, and I started to notice all this bad drama was going away, and um, I was like invited places again, you know. Uh, I for years I wasn't going to anyone's. My, my friends get married and not tell me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an open bar, you know. It's like we can't. We we know what's going to happen. It's not we don't trust him. It's that we trust what he will do. Like they will, like you know, and just all these kinds of things. Just doing parties and everything else, and just like we can't, like you know, oh we can't invite him. My parents going to be there, like that kind of stuff. And people started telling me this, and I. I think not clue into that. And I kind of, there was there was one really good friend of mine who did take me aside and tell me, he's like, look, this is why I don't want to have you in my house anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, no one else has a problem with it. It's just you. And he's like,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, like l- later afterwards, a lot of people were, were saying things like this, kind of confirming it. It was just like, okay, look, you know, as I would kind of go around and like, you know, Especially when I was, like, making a to people, uh, like, they, they would, you know, they, they weren't really that morally hurt over it. They were just like, yeah, you know, it's just, like, don't, you know, it was just, it, it wasn't that you were, like, really that horrible. It was just, we hated to see what you were doing to yourself and hurt us. And I was like, oh, why do you care? Like, you know, just, just you kind of get that, kind of get that, that kind of self-centeredness where it's like, what I do doesn't affect other people. Like, you know, it's just like, it's my body. I can do what I want with it. You know, and that's kind of so. My drinking doesn't affect anyone. Else. I also drink alone in my house. You know, I shut the door. They're, they're not over here. They don't have to come over. They don't have to see it. They don't have to, But they, you know, just knowing I was doing that was tearing up some of my friends, and they—they they don't know. They don't have the language to tell me that. You know, they don't. I don't know. Um, I'm back up a, a little bit further. Uh, going on like where it all began. Um, uh, my dad's an evangelist um and uh, there you go see you later uh, but, but but no I mean like we lived in this neighborhood too he also worked at this Christian Bible college um, and uh, so every like we lived right by the campus so every morning when he would walk off to work uh, I'd see all these other guys walking to work too they're all the other faculty members and they're and they're all preachers and ministers and evangelists, and they work during the week at the school. And so I just see like all the men in my neighborhood were preachers and evangelists and stuff. And I thought that's you know that's what being a man is. You know, like I, I loved it. I loved the you know I had clip-on ties at the age of four just because I wanted to <laughs> look like these guys. I thought they were awesome. I wanted their haircuts. So, you know, like they got to kind of use car sales for the haircuts and. like the 70s, you know, the big thing in the cheap suits, these plaid suits and everything. Like, I thought that was really cool. And, uh, I would travel around with my dad and everybody knew him. You know, everybody, he was, he was popular. You know, like, like, all, every go to some, like, church and it was like the, he was like, got the rock star treatment. I got kind of like the, the secondhand rock star treatment. I go into like the Sunday school class and everybody's like, oh, that's the preacher's kid you know I was like yeah yeah hand up past the Play-Doh you know that kind of you know just, and it was just I don't know I like when we'd have the potlucks we'd get in line first and everybody would watch what we took see if we took part of their casserole and stuff and they'd watch me eat it see what I you know thought of like their tuna you know like they did something different with it uh, uh, I've eaten some weird stuff that's another It's another share um, another program another program's problem Uh, but, I, I, oh man, I, uh, I just saw this and I was like, man, this, this is what I want to be. Like, from, uh, like, age of four on, I was like, I want to be a preacher. That's all I want to be in life. That's all I want to do. And I just loved it. And I didn't, I didn't care what the other kids were doing. I didn't care. Like, you know, like, you know, like, I just, I couldn't get bit, I I couldn't get wrapped up in anything that they were doing, like, little league or whatever else. It's like, and this is just temporary. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to be a preacher. It's going to be good. And uh, it was just always one of these things. Like, all the other kids, like, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be, like, a policeman. I'm going to be, like, you know, whatever. And, you know, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a preacher. And uh, and a lot of people thought that was true, too. A lot of, you know, these other preachers that I grew up with on my block, and they all, like, thought, you know, that's what I was going to do. Uh, and then about, like, 12 years old, like, everything started to fall apart. And my dad got caught up in a couple scandals. And, like, we, we got kicked out of two churches. <laughs> uh, one after another. That was all kind of my teenage years of us getting, like, run out of town. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was it was really rough, you know. I mean, just, like, these guys, like, you know, I, 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 I don't know how much I want to mention it. But, like, there was, there was like, a lot of corruption in these churches. And, um, like, the second one we were in... Uh, I remember I got in trouble one day for, like, uh, I was running this youth ministry. I was running this youth ministry. It was in downtown Boston, and we were all just, we were kind of down there recruiting with, like, you know, Nation of Islam and the Moonies and, like, Scientologists. And we're all, like, kind of down there all together. Like, you know, all judging each other. That guy's fucked. We're right. Don't listen to them. Um uh, but I got in trouble because I got, I got reprimanded one day for like uh, not, uh, they said because the kids I was bringing in came from poor families and they had like, you know, they needed me to recruit more kids from rich families uh, because their parents had more money and because it was the whole thing with that church we had come and kind of clean out your bank accounts uh, once you joined up. We had churches, we had mission churches that didn't really exist uh, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really dirty some dirty shit it was just like a lot of lies and deception i kind of realized at this point i was like wait a minute these kids are the ones that need my help the rich kids aren't coming to me with problems you know it was just like you know it's like it was the mid-80s you know it was like either like like it was the crack was everywhere and and people's parents are getting cracked out and the kids are just freaking out because all of a sudden their parents would lose their jobs and fucking their house turns into like a crack den and you know, and like kids don't know where to go. They come to me. They come to the, come to the nation, Islam, and uh, or you know, they would just join a gang. That's kind of what their options were. You know, um, but then I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because I know this church isn't right because they're in <laughs> it for the money. And uh, I went, uh, I went back to this other church that we've been a part of. And I was about, I was seventeen. I was a senior in high school, and I was in this preaching training program. And uh, I was up there in the pulpit, and uh, at one point, like, I just realized, like, while my voice was being amplified over these speakers, I could hear, because kind of hear my own voice because this delay. I was like, man, I don't believe a word of this shit. Uh, and I was, I was never been so frightened in my life. I, you know, I had about, like, 10, 15 minutes left to go, and I, I was like, man, I'm just, up here, there's all smoke and mirrors, man, I don't believe any of this. I don't believe in God. I don't believe, like, this is all bullshit there's all some game that we've been running to like get either like you know money out of poor dumb rednecks or like or Not i shouldn't even say dumb because we came we came as men of god and we lied to people of course they're gonna believe us you know and uh i was like wow what what the fuck do i do now so the very next friday i just went to a trailer park and got drunk and uh boy, that was good. You know, <laughs> you know I was like 17 and I was thinking like the whole world is like knowing everything I've been told by any by every adult in my life has been a fucking lie. And I was supposed to have this other thing. I was supposed to have like, you know, this career. I was supposed to have like all this shit. I was supposed to have my own church. I was supposed to have all this stuff that was promised to me and it's all bullshit. And man, uh, wow, I got drunk and I didn't care. You know, and it was just like wow, that, you know, it really doesn't make things go away, you know, and it's, so I just kept doing that, you know, I think, I think if I had found something else first, I, I would have just become obsessed with that, I think, like, that was my first release was drinking and it just consumed me, and I think, like, if it was, you know, if it was sex or gambling or, or, or some kind of drugs, I'd probably be in a different fellowship right now speaking about that obsession you know because it's just to me it's just i could have i could have picked anything you know and that was that was the first one i went to and that's oh that worked and i'm just gonna do this and you know i you know just being like a little evangelist kid i I, you know trying to convince everyone else it's awesome you know just like you know you gotta get drunk with me this stuff is great and, uh, let's see, where, I go? where do I go from here? So much time, usually, get, like these little chunks of time. Um, uh, I just kept I kept going, I, I moved uh, through a series of things, uh, I, I decided the next thing, how, and this is all kind of a mess, why, but... I figured I would. I, would, I was going to be the next Charles Bukowski. That's like somewhere in the next two years. I got really into this. And I'm like, wow, there's all these crazy drunk poets. They're awesome, and I'm going to be one. I, I got the drinking part down. Now I just got to write some poems. I'm upset.
2: Uh, and it, was,
0: it was pretty cool. I moved to San Francisco, where poets go, and I. I <laughs> I brought a bunch of my poems on, uh, like, uh, yeah, handwritten on notebook paper, and I took them up to City Lights Bookstore, handed them over, and it said, here you go. Here's what you've been waiting for, you know? And, uh, yeah, that didn't work out either. Like, I, I don't know. But there were, like, these little, like, these little rooms of these crazy drunken poets. I was, I was 20 years old, and I could still, like, you know, I was getting into bars. You know, to go read poems and stuff. I thought that was pretty awesome. And, and, uh, like the poetry scene, it was, it was full of a bunch of crazy people. You know, it was like, you know, all these, all these guys, like, and, you know, I'm 40 now, but, uh, like there were like these really old guys, like 30, 35, uh, because <laughs> they're ancient, but they're still cool. And, uh, like these guys who would like shoot dope in the bathroom and then go read their poem. And I thought, man, that guy's cool. You know, and somehow like this, like became like my focus, of like just all these cool guys. And one of my, my favorite uh, uh, poets is this guy named David Lerner. And he used to go into like, a, uh, you know, he used to go to psych ward about once a year and write a whole new book of poetry. And he'd come out and for like the next eight, nine months, he'd read from it in these places. And I thought that is so cool. Like every time then he would like kind of unravel and get locked up again and go write a new book. And I thought, oh, this guy's got to figure it out. Like
2: you know, like, <laughs> I don't
0: know, man. It was just like I was just like outside, outside the church. I had no life skills at all. Like I understood all the church stuff really well, and then like I got out of that, and I was just like, "What now?" I have no idea what to do. And this was the thing. And uh, you know, it was you know, as I was seeing, it was like the, I don't know. Like I'm a, the drunker I got, the cooler it was. I don't know. Uh I was. Uh, you know just being playing that thing up you know and, and like some of the older guys did call out he's like a little Bukowski I was like hell yes did it and uh, <laughs> I just the more like I would go to all these places and uh you know just just be the drunkest guy there and and, and th- think that was awesome and uh you know later on you know I I started uh one of my things on, on my uh I had to do some amends kind of early I went uh I went on a uh, on a tour, like about four months, I was about four months sober, and uh, I knew before I left, I had to call all the guys on the venues and tell them I was coming, and tell them why this time it was going to be okay, and uh, i tell them, like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't drink anymore. They're like, no, you, no, no, no no way, and I was like, look, you know, I'm, you know, th- th- you know, I'm going to just come and I want to read, there's not going to be any trouble, I'm not going to throw anything, uh, and it was, like, you know, and, and you know, I just like I love that thing. You know, I get up on stage, and, and you know, when I was drinking a lot, and people just bring me whiskey, like, and they just line it up at the bottom of the stage, and I just drink one after another. And they they thought it was so cool. Well, I thought it was cool, and they, I guess they thought it was funny. I don't know why you did it, but uh I had told them I was like, look, I'm not drinking anymore. It's, it's cool, and it's like you know, it's why we haven't had you here. You know, it's because you don't it's not because we don't like your writing it's because we can't stand what you do and I was like wow holy shit you know I still realized like how much that it affected me and this thing of like you know here I was complaining I don't get the brakes or whatever it's like man I, I burned all these bridges like you know I think there's you know a complainer's there's not a bridge there I was like I burned it before I went over it like you know, <laughs> you know what I mean it was like well, a fucking bridge burnt down what an asshole like, oh yeah that was me you know, like, you know like, but yeah, because it's not, like, and this applies to no matter what job you're in. No one wants to, like, if you're good to qualify, like, I had a series of jobs where I overcompensated with my drinking. I would, like, show up first. I would leave last. And I would, like, look, I, you know, I, yeah, maybe I'm hungover. Or maybe I'm drinking at lunch. But you know what? I work harder than everybody else here. No one works harder than me, so you're lucky to have me. And this kind of thing where it's just like, look, there's no doubt about your your, your talent. Uh, it, it's just no one wants to. No to be around a drunk or time bomb, you know, it's just kind of, and it, it, it makes people uncomfortable, right? you know, like,
2: you know, it's just like,
0: they don't know, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what really, it's just so much that, uh, just this air that has nothing to do with your talent, how good you are, how much experience you have, it's like, sober up, you know, like, I, I went to job interviews, uh, wasted, and complain I didn't get the job. You know, I must have reeked the whiskey. I must have reeked. And, and they were just like probably, when I walked in there, probably like had a hand on the security button. And I was just like, why, you know, well, I guess they don't like guys with tattoos.
2: You know, I've never,
0: never fucking seen it. Um But, you know, yeah, I, I was, you know, around all these poets and, and these performance artists and stuff and, and, uh, yeah, it was, there was just a lot of drugs around. I got into that too. And, but it was always like, it always came back to alcohol because it was always in the same place every time, the same amount, uh, it would cost the same amount of money. It was, you know, it was very consistent. And, uh, I, you know, I, I couldn't get anything else. I couldn't force any of the drugs to be consistent like that. I just couldn't, like I needed, I had to, you know, the control thing even then i was just like, I, I couldn't stand not knowing where the stuff was, and then I couldn't get, I'd get mad if, if your Coke was better the second time, because it was like, well, oh, that means you burned me last time. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, like, it's just, I, I need everything to be the same. It needs to be the, the fucking same. I need to get my world to be like it is, and that's what I like, to, you know, with alcohol. It's always there in the store on the same shelf at the same price. Stores open at the same time every day, you know. And, and you just get it and you just like pile it up in your house and so you never ever run out. And, uh, like it's, you know, that's awesome. You could just go and Safeway, you can get those big jugs and you just put it in there. You always have some. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, I was getting those, I was getting those looks of so like, oh, having a big party, huh? I'm like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, they have those two cups in the, uh, in the little gift sets. So they have like, two glasses and it's like, What's, that, what's the second one for? You know? <laughs> it's, it's a, might break the first one. That's, 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 that's what I figured. Bringing this one by myself. Yeah. Shit. Um, but, yeah. It just, you know, as, as times change, you know, I, I, got, I got away with a lot of this stuff in my early 20s. And, and, like, you know, it's about, like, I don't know, about 23, 24, a lot, of, a lot of the friends I've been drinking with, they, they kind of quit or they, they got, you know, they went and got a real job or they got, they got married, they you know, they bought a house, they started having kids and stuff and I was just like, what the hell, like, you know, and saw it out, like, what, what? what? no, <laughs> stay here just, and just, and, you know, all my friends kept staying about like 21, 22 years old as I got older and then suddenly I was the old guy in the punk house, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. I used to make fun of me, like, you know, is you know, it was the old guy in this house and, and, and I, I, I tell you, it was, uh, what, you know, what it really what, you know, what, what brought me here? You know, I look back on things and be like, man, I, you know, you know, I was, I'm 31 years old and, and like, you know, all these, like I start looking at all these things and I remember I was, when I was coming up on 32, it was like uh, you know, like, I remember when Bill Hicks died, he was 32, and I was 24 at the time, and I thought that, that was a pretty good run, you know, what what have I done? I've done nothing, I've done, you know, whatever, I'd written some, had some poetry published, that no one cared about, whatever, <laughs> and it's like, this guy had done all his stuff, and then and, and, and he died, and then, like, what what have I done? And it, was, it started to spook me a little bit, Uh, and that's kind of when everything started to kind of fall apart, it, you know, it was kind of with it not working and, you know, I just didn't really think that, like, I had all these misconceptions about AA and I was going to do them and, and I, I thought that, like, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, there was, was one thing that, like, I kind of thought that, like, like rehab, like AA costs money. I didn't understand that. I mean, a lot of people, there's one, it's one of the reasons why there is, know I mean, say there's no dues or fees for AA because a lot of people like me didn't get it, like, didn't know, like, you know, it's, <laughs> You know, I thought it was, like, rehab's expensive, why not AA? Like, you know, like, sure. Uh, and I was like, well, I can't afford AA. I can't, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, like, don't make me believe in God, you know. And, and by that, I mean, like, the like the Christian, Judeo-Christian God that, like, I had problems with uh, before. And, uh, you know, and, uh, like, they're just going to like I don't know, I just thought like a lot of people would be judging me or whatever, and it's just, just all these things turn out to be bullshit, you know, and, uh, I do, I do have a higher power, and I do, uh, I have surrendered my will and my life to it, uh, but it took me, like, took me a while, I really thought that it was like, well, they're gonna, everyone's gonna get mad at me, cause, cause, cause I don't believe in God, I don't, like, everyone's gonna be mad when I show up, they're gonna, whatever, And, and it was just all, it was just all not true, um, as I stuck with it, uh, you know, I would I would go to the meetings like right as they were starting, and I would leave. I was the first guy out the door. You know, it's like I don't want to talk to any of these guys. I don't want to talk to any of these people. I you know I don't want to be accountable to any of these guys. i would go to a meeting for a long time, and then when people start to recognize me or ask me to do stuff or whatever, I just bail. I just like go to a different meeting. I live in San Francisco. There's so many meetings there. I just keep going to ones where people didn't recognize me until I just went through them all. Like, people would ask me, to, you know, like, hey, why, why don't I spot you? I was like, why don't I never come to this meeting again? Hey, <laughs> 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 that, that works too. <laughs> you know, you can dodge people for a long time, you know, you can, you can get away with that, but, you know, I, I was still pretty miserable through that whole experience, you know, this like it kept me sober, but it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even fun, you know, it was just like, it was just better than drinking, that's all, oh, just a little bit better, and, uh, you know, and I finally, I finally did, I, I had this, I found this men's meeting, it's on Tuesdays, if you want to know, you want to go to the city, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you'll, you'll find me, uh, and it's a men's meeting, but I, I got to that one, and it was, the, the, like, one of these guys, he, he used to kind of be a doorman, like, it was another doorman. Uh, guys, so I worked at a bunch of bars too. Uh, fancy that. Um, uh, yeah, so this other guy had been a doorman. He he. Uh, I was like, Franco, man, these, these people are driving me nuts, man. They're like on all these things, they, they're praying all the time, and they say all this stuff at the same time. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what they're saying. I, I can't even hear their names. They say, and everybody knows everybody's name. and every, He's uh, like, you know, why don't you just come with me to this men's meeting? And, you know, I kind of got it at the time, like, I was like, wow, okay, this—these are guys who would I would have drank with, you know? Like these, these are my people, and, and I, I started going there, and then I had to face that that moment where they said, uh, where they started asking me to do stuff, they started asking me to be a part of things, and now my old instinct like, let's bail, uh, set in, but then I was like, actually, I like these people, maybe I should put up with this just a little bit, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. And I kind of—they they got me on the commitments thing, man. They got me <laughs> going from the easy ones and stuff like the greeters, the chairs, and then they, uh, uh, like, and then, you know, they started, uh, someone found out I didn't have any sponsees, and, uh, he was like, you're gonna sponsor this guy, and, uh, I was like, no. And, uh, and, uh <laughs> I was like four years, four years in before I had a sponsee. That's uh, too long. But, uh, you know, uh, it was awesome and I, I you know I was like wow this, this is actually working out and uh, yeah, I couldn't read uh, but I would just like it was so. I just would go to him I at I, one time uh, this, like, there's so many weird parts of the story but I also used to teach high school uh, <laughs> didn't work out with a drinking thing it's, it's not, not a good drunk job
2: um, <laughs>
0: but I had all these uh, functionally illiterate students. And I used to work with them. And uh, with all these kids that come out of Thunder Road or CYA and stuff. And uh, so this guy who was just coming out, uh, you know, I think it was Santa Rita, I'm not sure where. It was one of the county jails. Like, he, he was in the Salvation Army. And, and uh, I, I started working with him and I found out he couldn't read. And so it was easy. I just kind of went back in this mode. And I basically, you know, would read to them. I'd read a big book to them, and uh, we'd talk about things. And man, it was it was really great. Uh, and then they, the same group of delinquents made me uh, be a GSR, and then they <laughs> made me uh, made me be secretary. And I served eighteen months on a six month commitment, uh, and because uh, it just worked out that way. And uh, I tell you, it was was the best thing I'd ever done in sobriety really it was just like made me like just like absolutely like not only like show up every week but just really participate everybody's looking at me every week you know it's just another thing we sit up here it's different and uh, you really like you know like all the guys that shut down Like we, it's a bunch of dudes have, so they have all their tough guy then but while they're sharing they break you know it's kind of nice if you look right into their eyes you can see what they're really thinking it's really, it's really nice um and i don't know it was like somewhere around that time it was just like i kind of realized i was going to a lot of meetings i had a sponsor i had sponsors and i was secretarying a meeting and uh yeah it just all kind of kind of slowly happened you know and i was and i was like wow i thought i hated this stuff and then like <laughs> look at that. i love it you know it's kind of Kind of realizing, like, it kind of went through this thing of like, well, I better do this or I'm going to relapse. Do like, man, I want to do this. You know, like, this is fun. This is good. Um, yeah. Um, God, this shares are so long here. I'm sorry. I'm, like, nice. I keep thinking I'm going to run out of time. And it's like, oh, where, where are you, cruel clock? Um, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, to really go, um, yeah. I still uh, I, I i have a i have a sponsor now who's uh, who we, we have drastically different views of, of how the universe works, very different views on higher powers and uh, just uh, on what happens after we die and things like that. And uh, I was thinking the other day, like you know, I, I never would have you know I never would have talked to this guy uh, you know like seven years ago. Never, never would have done it. And I uh, just think, like, you know, it's good, that guy. He, he, you know, whatever, he believes in this and that. He has nothing to tell me. Like, I've already been there. I've been there, done that. That's horrible, and it doesn't work. It's bullshit, he doesn't see it yet. There's all kinds of judgments to just walk away. And, and it's like, wow, you know, we're really close. You know, and it's just... I, I don't know, it's... it's I don't know, maybe that's... You know, when people talk about the miracle, maybe, maybe that's it for me. I don't know, because... Maybe made like, hang out with, you know, with people who believe a certain way. I just have to, everything I've seen and done in my early childhood, I think, wow, that's, you know, maybe it helps, like, you know, it helps me, like, yeah, all my family's, you know, all my family's, like, conservative uh, fundamentalist and stuff, and, and uh, you know, I, I've been able to talk to them and repair a lot of relationships there, just because, uh, you know, I had these, you know, these sponsors that, <laughs> you know, like, just whatever the same kind of way and believe the same things and and uh you know i, I kind of thought that like, when i first went in there i was talking about that men's meeting i said you know these are the guys were to drunk with it and it, that's i kind of listened to them for that reason and then i started to find out that like as, as a kind of crew inside you know it's just like I, I have something to learn from everybody and it's not just the guys who look like me and uh who used to hang out in the same spots or whatever or the they get people with identical childhoods. Like it's just, wow. There's you know, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to be learned from everyone. You know, um, and it, it's uh, ah, what else? Uh, <laughs> I
2: don't
0: know. It's just like, like you know, this stuff has really uh, brought me back, uh, working steps and, and, and getting through it. And uh, I, I was kind of a. a a big. My big one was was step four. That's a problem for a lot of people. You know, it's like putting down. You know, putting down all your resentments. I was kind of good with that because I had I had a quick list in my mind. You know, everybody's on my shit list. I got a shit list. I had it. I had. I remembered people like I. I went back. I. You know, not saying this to be cute or anything, but I. I wasn't sure when this one even happened. And like I think it was preschool. As a neighbor kid, we got into a fight uh when it was about four or five years old. And I, I still I, I hated him for it. Like I mean, through and, and I ended up going to high school with him. And I was like, there's that fucker. <laughs> you know? I held drugs so tight, you know, and it's like oh, wait a minute. Like you know, I had all these things. It was just that doesn't remember this. We were kids. We were like four or five years old. I wasn't sure like I remember it was like it was it was over I was reading a Doctor Seuss book and that's really really what it was over. Uh, it was put me in the zoo. Um, uh, that's Dr. Seuss book it's a kid's book it's the one put me in the zoo this, this bear that wants to go to the zoo and uh, I was trying to read that to tell the other kid it was not being quiet and uh, it started over that I was like I said it's like clear enough in my mind because my, my like, all my childhood memories basically resentments you know it's just what I'm made of I'm made of resentments it's just all I gotten in there it's like all the happy stuff I just crammed that out of my mind because it had taken up too much room when I could be spending this energy uh, resenting someone. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just, see. And, uh, I was like, Ugh. but then it came down to that thing where it's just like, uh, for those of you who haven't done a four step, uh, you, you put down also what, what your part in things were. And, uh, yeah. that's, that's where it became hard. Uh, because I didn't have anything to do with this. Uh, <laughs> You guys, like it was just all like everyone else is just persecuting me. I don't, you know, I don't have a, a, you know, I didn't do anything. I wasn't doing anything. I was just there, <laughs> and uh, it was just constant. And God, you know, I, it was just really when I when I started just to do it anyway, just do it anyway, kind of. And this was on a fake it till you make it thing. I know you guys have heard that. that's where I had to fake it. A fake, okay, it's like if it. If if it was... If I did have a part in it, what would it have been?
2: <laughs> Swear to God, that's...
0: That was my fake to make it. And I, I, I would suggest if you guys are having problems, like, maybe do it. Maybe fake it for a little bit. Because once I started faking it a little bit, I started, saying oh, no, this isn't fake at all. This is real. You know? <laughs> this is really me. And... Uh, I, wow. I, uh you know, I uh, you know, just started, like, you know, really getting into that and saying, look, I, I need to start letting go of all this stuff. And uh, I and I was I was getting through, like, I mean, really, like, I had some stuff. It's like that other thing was, like, grade school. It was just petty. It was petty shit. And it was, and it almost all revolved around, like, me wanting something. Like, me not getting what I wanted. Me, like, not having, you know, what I felt I was entitled to. Really, like extraordinary sense of entitlement for a job. Uh, I thought I was gonna, you know. I thought I was gonna, you know. I thought I deserved greatness, you know. Like, like I was gonna be this great preacher and this, you know, this great, uh, you know, this great house, this great family, and you know, it's where it kind of like was was really hitting me with the uh, with the with the life thing because you know, just like I think I deserve this stuff. You know, and I uh, deserve—I deserve a life that's that's long, that's fair. um, You know, that's full of everything I want. I deserve to have my dreams realized. I deserve, again, I—you know—why I think that? uh, Who knows? Maybe it's just—maybe it's just the way I was born. Maybe it's the way I was raised. But point is, that's the way I thought it made me like very unhappy because I didn't have this stuff. And it affected... It was, like, that really kind of... The, the more the demoralizing that, you know, that was, like, really fueled with the alcohol there that was just, like... It came to the point where I'd see other riders. Uh, the other riders that were getting what I wanted, I'd be like, fuck that guy. Like, really, I hate him because he's successful. And these people I didn't know. I didn't know them. And it's just like, hey, you got a book on the shelf. Fuck you. Uh, I don't, like, you know... It was just really... You know, it was. it was... Kind of, kind of bad because I, I would meet these people and you know things wouldn't go that well. And, and, uh, I remember I did a, I did a, uh, a, a little step uh, there and, and I was letting go of my resentment of this author I'd never met and uh, for being a successful douchebag. And uh, <laughs> but two weeks later, two weeks later, I was at a dinner party and I was sitting next to him and his wife. Uh, and, and I thought well you know what like like even like a month ago this would have been a problem you know and you know back in the drinking days I would have let them have it I would have told them off for, you know how dare they write a book that hundreds of thousands of people read <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean like, like what, what, what is he going to do like when, when, they, when the SF Chronicle wants to interview him what is he going to say oh don't get this guy don't interview me. Interview this other guy. <laughs> he done exactly what I would have done in the same situation. I couldn't stand him for it. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, he's, you know what? He's a really nice guy. His wife is really cool, too. And they're just these unassuming people. And they, uh, you know, and I, I told him that, like, oh, yeah, I used to run, you know, like, I used to run poetry, and he's close to where they, they have this whole literary center now. And they're like, oh, man, you know, I, you know, really... Really would have liked to have been there. That sounds really cool. And and man, I and you know they were like I missed out on all that. And you know they're like I don't know. It was just kind of. It was one of these things that they, you know I expected them to be like you know snotty or or or, or mean or look down on what I'd done. And you know they, they 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 were happy for me and they like you know they they seemed like they seemed like oh man we're just gonna see that they were so genuine and nice about everything. I was like. Man, what a shithead I was. I hate these guys. Is everybody like this? Is everybody fucking, everybody I'm hating? And I'm just thinking, and it just, and it just started to stand out to me when I would hit, like, you know, when I'd see a guy in a, a cross, in a crosswalk a guy in a Mercedes. I mean, i like, fuck this guy. He's got the car I can't have, the car I'm never going to afford. And he's just sitting there like some idiot doesn't, doesn't deserve it. He didn't work for it. You just had to give it to him. you just born into money. There's all these things I just put in there. There's all these things. I was like, oh, man. I, at that point, like, I really, like, it was really that one weird dinner where I was like, I really got to get on this stuff work. I really got to start doing this shit. Because, like, that's where I kind of saw, like, the, the fucking, that demoralized. I didn't even understand that, that demoralizing thing. God, it's finally time to wrap this thing up. And, uh, you know, my, 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 my sponsor, uh, my sponsor is like, you know, like, he does have a life I think is really awesome. And, and, like, he, he accomplished all these things I think are really cool. And, uh, I, I remember, cause I saw him when I went to this, this men's meeting for the first time. He, he was secretary in that thing. And I was thinking, well, why the fuck is this guy here? He's got everything he needs, you know, because I kind of knew who he was and I knew kind of life he lived. He's got everything he needs. And uh, I wish it was at that meeting, but actually, a couple meetings later, he he was. I heard him speak about it. He says, "I told my you know spot C to you know do this and that. He doesn't want to do it, and and uh, he says, why do you you know? It's easy for you to say you already have everything.' And I was, thinking, yeah, like I told him." And uh, and he says, yeah, you know, I I have everything I wanted because cause I did the work. And I started, uh see, and, and, and the more I got to know him, yeah, he did all this stuff when he was sober. That, like, I wanted to, like, you know, like, he, he didn't get anything done when he was a drunk. And then he got sober and he started, like, you know, live his life the way he wanted to. And I was thinking, wow, that's really cool. But I started working with him, like, he never talked about those things I thought were so cool. And, like, what he talked about all the time. Like he pretty much like talks about just his wife and his son and that's the only two things he really talks about. When he's talking about like, you know, how's your day going what's happening. and talks about his wife or his kid. And uh like it's one of those things that like you didn't want to be like a like I don't know, I just saw it as like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't worry about being like a great preacher, a great writer, a great poet, a great whatever. So maybe I should just Worry about being like a great friend and a great sponsee and, you know, and like a great sponsor. Just to like, you know, just be that guy that like everybody's, oh, you know, like, oh, like, you know, just like, it's like a great friend. It's a greatness in like a different sense and great, like a, like a moral greatness instead of like a, like a, like, a, like an, like I've accomplished shit greatness through my old idea of greatness. I'm gonna be this great preacher. I'm gonna go to these places. And people are gonna love it and, and I'm gonna it's gonna be these huge crowds, and I'm gonna have this stuff, and I'm gonna have this kind of family, this kind of house, this kind of car. And that that's great, that was greatness. And now it's just like like I think more of greatness is like, you know, like who I am on the inside. Like I'm a great I just wanna be a great guy, you know? Like, like the rest of it. Uh, and that's my time there. Thanks. <laughs>